0: Look at you, hacker, a pathetic creature of meat and bone, panting and sweating as you run
1: through my corridors. How can you challenge a perfect,
2: immortal machine?
0: Welcome to Video Games Weekly on the Fan. I am Paul Charchi and my co host as always, Reiner. Hello. Hello, sir. Good to have you here. Uh we are not at the fair. So that isn't that nice so we don't have to go? I want to go to the you fair. Do you yeah, see? It. It's a difference. see, I already have to be there four times. You know, there are other people here on staff that have to be there like every day, twelve times or something.
1: I don't know if I'd like that.
0: Yeah, that's a bit much. But we don't we get to just relax in the comfort of the studio, which is awfully nice. Uh, plenty to get to over the course of today's show. Guacamelee 2 mm-hmm. came out uh, today. We'll talk about that a little bit. Shenmue is an absolute classic on the Dreamcast. It has been remastered. That's available as well. We'll talk about that a little bit. I wouldn't say remastered. Well, Remade? Re-released? Re-released. Yeah, a that's a better way to put for it. For it because we don't need to like improve the graphics or the audio <laughs> or the terrible or voice acting yeah. or anything else. We'll tell you about that in a minute uh but first uh you've got uh, some news uh as something of a sequel to one of your favorite games of what now must be last year yeah until I guess dawn. this
1: gen on PlayStation four until dawn incredible horror game, one of the best choice driven games I would say ever made Wow, in terms of your choices actually matter and have consequences it's not like you know eventually they're all gonna lead up to the same point right mm-hmm. like you lose characters in that game, and that's oh, it.
0: Right? Not you don't lose them; they're murdered.
1: They're yeah, they're they're gone.
0: Yes. And in, a, so, in the and it, tell people the premise of Until Dawn that might not remember.
1: Yeah, it's a bunch of kids going up to a cabin. You know, teenagers at a cabin to in a party the woods. At a cabin in yeah. the woods, right? Mm-hmm. And turns out happen. there's a murderer on the loose, just okay. like Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, you name it. Yeah. And the way it plays out, like if you don't play your cards right, you're they start dropping like flies. Yes. You could finish the game with all of them alive. That Which sounds like run. nobody did. Uh, I had three left. Yeah, out of eight, right? <laughs> I think I turned on a light switch and two of them <laughs> <laughs> uh, But, yeah, just an incredible uh, experience. Like, that's one of those games that you play in one sitting. It's like six hours, so it's lengthy. Yeah. But well, didn't want playing. Not by full-priced video game standards. Right, right. It's not lengthy at all. But... but the replayability, like, there's a lot to it. Yeah. Uh, so... The team behind it super massive. They've been doing a bunch of VR stuff. Uh, some of that Do you remember that uh, PlayStation series where you used a phone instead of a controller? It was like a social experiment for them, where everybody you no. can have like a bunch of people at your house and they all they not Jackbox party thing. No, they What's could all that? interact with the game. Like like it's like a story driven game and you're all. Deciding what's happening on your phone. You're not moving characters. That sounds like a great concept. I don't ever remember hearing about this. Uh, Where was this? I think it was called Hidden Agenda. Maybe that was their game, but it failed failed miserably. And I was like, Uh, because it wasn't good
0: or because it was too weird for the
1: buying public? It just wasn't good. Okay. Uh, I just wanted them to get back to doing Until Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And today they announced something called The Dark Pictures, which is a new horror... Anthology series. So five mm. games all made in the same style as Until Dawn. And they're going to release one next year and then uh their plan is two a year. All right. So up till twenty twenty one, we're gonna be getting five Until Dawn like experiences now, from Supermassive. If, if they're
0: gonna pound out five of these in effectively two years, are these all also then going to be smaller bite
1: sized stories in the six hour range, you think? Not sure. I'm Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I'm fine with that. The first one's called uh, Man of Meden. Man of Meden?
0: M-A-D-E-N. You yeah. don't know how to say that.
1: But it, again, it's like it looks like a bunch of teenagers it is. out partying. This time they're on a boat. Yeah. Uh, you know, they show sh- sharks circling underwater. You, you assume someone's going to die that way, maybe. Uh, or, you know, miraculously be saved from the shark attack. Uh, but then it, their boat catches fire somehow, and they end up, going out deeper at sea onto what looks like a big kind of tanker ship. Abandoned, Abandoned. freighter. Uh, <laughs>
0: Abandoned rusting freighter in the middle of the ocean. and yeah, I think I take my abo- chances with yeah. the sharks.
1: Me too. There's yeah. nobody aboard it, and guess what? There's evil things happening. All right. So that's the first one that's coming in that anthology series, and I absolutely cannot wait. If you have not played Until Dawn, make that a priority. Like, seriously, even if... You're not big on horror, but you like mm-hmm. choice-driven games. You will adore this experience on PlayStation 4. It's got to be dirt cheap now. Yeah, I'm, in
0: fact, I'm I'm going to GameStop right now because it's what to, two years uh, to old find now, out. Three
1: years? Four? No, no, yeah, it's a
0: long no. no it's been no, no. ages. Uh, until dawn. Let's find out. There was a VR version of it.
1: Twenty fifteen. Dang it! I hate
0: it when you're right, and on this show, you're always right. <laughs> Uh the pre-owned for Until Dawn is 19.99. Yeah,
1: you got to go buy that. Like absolutely play that.
0: All right. And Until Dawn.
1: Play no. it and give us a 30-second review
0: of it too. That would be great. What's the VR Until Dawn Rush of Blood? What was that? Um, I, don't pl- I don't know my I don't know my I don't know my my PlayStation VR cuz I didn't I never had the PlayStation VR. I've got the, the PC version of VR. Any idea
1: what that is? It's a expanded story, like kind of a side story. Do I get the original game? I don't think so. No. Uh, And like I said, they did a bunch of VR stuff and some that weird touch game, phone game. But uh, I'm glad they're back to their bread and butter, which is yeah, that Until Dawn formula. So the dark pictures put that on your radar, coming next year. That sounds uh, it sounds very promising. Um,
0: In Until Dawn you talk about, about it being choice-driven and we're trying to save these teens from um, from some kind of Jason-like killer, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's going to be very much like a telltale, you know, I, I do some conversational choices and then there's a quick time and I have to do XXX, you know. That's part of know, it. A, 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 you know, trigger-trigger, that kind of stuff.
1: Is that it or is no, there's more have, to it? You have full movement of your characters. So let's say you're running from jason axe guy wielding murderer yeah you go in a room and you're like oh my gosh what i do and it's like i'm gonna slide under the bed or i'm gonna go in the closet right and then you got to pick like when you're gonna move there's a lot of stealth to it uh choice in terms of where you're going can even dictate like if there's something in the water with you and i turn left that might be the wrong choice i should have gone right <laughs> listen to the people with me right like, yeah 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 Uh so there's that element too it's it's a fascinating game. I I'm, I'm surprised it didn't uh, get more fanfare than it did because it seems like everyone that played it loved it.
0: I want to side I want to take a side step to something that I saw uh, online a couple days ago that caught my eye and it's re- it kind of it relates to this a little bit. And until dawn I imagine that they don't let you save the game wherever you want, back up, change your choices or whatever, because if people die, they die, and that's how you know it would be it would not be very much fun if you could do that. Back, do you remember Elder Scrolls Daggerfall, the game before Morrowind in the Elder Scrolls series? There was a there was a screen, either during installation or load screen, that basically said don't keep don't don't save and revert after every failure the game's designed to give you failure and it's okay you're gonna be all right and anything that doesn't result in your death you don't need to reload just because you didn't pick that lock quite right this time doesn't mean that the game's broken or you're a bad player it's okay right it didn't say all of that on the load screen I'm embellishing a little bit but not a lot um, and that was the premise of it and I think there's a phrase for it like uh, save. Uh, there's some pre- that's for people who sort of cheat the system that way by saving, and then you try something, yeah, and then if it didn't work exactly the way you want, you just back
1: up and reload, and you can keep doing it or whatever. I don't think you could do that in until dawn because I think it's continual saves. Like anytime something happens, I think it automatically saves. Mm. So if you go and like, reboot I'll, your that's... system at the moment something's happening, you yeah. might corrupt your save in the process. <laughs> well, that would be it. you deserve it after that. So, what do you th- do? You
0: think? Just talking philosophically now, Reiner. People save too much. Do you think that they, you know, there, there's this fear of failure in games, and that we have to do it perfectly, and we have to delude ourselves into thinking we walked this tightrope when we get to the end that we did everything perfectly. When, you know, do you think do you think that we do that too much? Do developers make it so that we feel like we have to? Should we be discouraged from saving constantly and reloading? I think
1: just the the moment of defeat that anyone suffers, mm-hmm. you feel like you did something wrong. Yeah. And you don't want to experience that, right? Even though the thrill of the battle is like in the the Dark Souls game. <laughs> As an example. Where you die repeatedly and then <laughs> yes. you finally beat it. And it feels better than most victories in games because, right. because uh, you've, the effort you yeah, have because you, you made it. Right. Uh so yeah, I think in story driven games especially, there's that that feeling like I don't ever want to have anything go wrong with my party.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I remember a lot of people just kept replaying the Mass Effect game, like Mass Effect Two. There was the Suicide Mission, right? The, yep. And the suicide. people kept redoing that. And uh, it's like, no, you got to
0: live with my your temptation. I, I was so close. I had everybody alive through the Suicide Mission, but one guy, and it pained me <laughs> to use that same save in Mass Effect Three.
1: And that one, the stakes were so big because you're like, there's a third game, and you knew it. And I'm gonna. Like, four of my guys are gone? Like, right. what is that going to mean moving forward? Right. So a lot of people would redo that. They'd just erase that, kind of reset the timeline and move forward, you know, using a guide online. I hate that. Yeah. Uh, I wish games would do more continual saves, just like, sorry, you screwed up. At the same time, though, let's say your toddler runs in the room and you're distracted <laughs> in a boss fight <laughs> and you die. Well, there's always the pause button. Right. They should have, like, a mulligan button. Oh, no, I don't want a mulligan button. That's what button. people can spend their money on yeah, right. rather than, like, yeah. microtransactions.
0: Well, there you go. Mulligans. It's its own microtransactions of a, of a sword, I suppose. Yeah,
1: in those types of games mm-hmm. where there's continual saving, you can buy one of those and just have it go back, like, five minutes. Maybe. And I Maybe. think it's gotten ridiculous to the point where in racing games, there's the auto-rewind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where you could like, whoops, I wiped out on a turn. <laughs> I'm just gonna yeah, rewind take it again. Imagine that in like a football game oh, or Yeah, it'd be a disaster.
0: In Madden? You can't have that. You know, think about it in think about it in a baseball game. I'm gonna back up that swing now that I know it's it's high heat coming my way. I'm gonna right. back it up and just you know, swing for the fences. And you know it's coming. Ten run rule again. Yeah. yeah I won. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's something to be said for gamers who are just willing to let the consequences be the consequences. And then I think developers should code to reward that behavior. Yeah, that's a good idea. You know, I'll give you an example. You, uh, if the system knows that I have just loaded my game and now I'm trying to open a, I'm trying to pick lock an extremely hard pick lock, it should make it even harder because it knows I just loaded the game. But yeah, if it knows like I snake. haven't saved for twenty five minutes,
1: yes, yeah, so like snakes should come out of the corners and be like, yeah, face yeah in your right, face. Like. Yes, <laughs> it should be. It should be that much harder.
0: But if it they, if the game knows I haven't made it, yeah. then I think it should be. It should be that I haven't saved. It should be that much easier. And for that matter, if I just move on past the chest, if I try fail and move on, maybe it doesn't have to be the end of the world. Maybe something
1: interesting happens because I didn't pick that lock. It should be that Indiana Jones moment where they open up the arc... Where you go up to a chest and it says, like, very hard. <laughs> and you look at your lockpick skill and it's, like, weak. <laughs> right. Something terrible should happen to you. Do I have to melt my face off? <laughs> there uh, should be a trap. You fall on spikes. Like, I like you it. blew it. I like
0: it. Uh, when we come back, Guacamelee 2, Shenmue. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Battlefield 5. We've got an interesting, uh, interesting story about potential problems coming for Battlefield 5. We'll talk about that. We've got a couple of callers lined up. We'll take your calls. If you want to participate in the show, 1-800-320-5326. This is Video Games Weekly on The Fan. Welcome back to the show. It's Video Games Weekly on The Fan. Paul Charchi and Ryan are with you. GameInformer, GameInformer.com. i uh, got a couple of callers lined up that I promised to get to. Let's start right there. Hello, Brennan.
2: Hey, how's it going, guys? Great, thank you. Um, so I wanted—I was calling in. Uh, There's a couple of games that uh, I was going to touch on. And I just wanted to say something real quick. Thinking about it, uh, sure.
0: talking about Until
2: Dawn, um, I just want to reinforce the—you know—the statements about it being an awesome game because it seriously is a ton, ton of fun. Uh, you know, first time I ever played it, we actually had uh, probably a group of about 10 or 11 of us friends. We kind of had a little wow. potluck, sat down and played it for six, seven hours straight, and wow. handed the controller off. It was, it's a lot of fun, and I want to say my, f- my favorite parts about that game is the casting, um, you know, the main main character, basically, you know, being portrayed by Rami Malek, um, the man of many faces, in my opinion. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: totally, totally fun. Yeah, he was uh, but,
1: uh, Mr. Robot, or still is Mr. Robot, right? And right. Uh, he's in that upcoming Rhapsody Queen movie. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah, Freddie Mercury, and I'm excited for that.
0: I am too, man. Does he look like and oh, yeah. in the mannerisms, the facially? I mean, just everything. He looks mm-hmm. just like Freddie Mercury.
2: Yes, and, and and every time I see a trailer for that, it just gives me the chills because I'm I'm a huge Queen fan, and um, like it's it's just. I'm excited.
0: Now you know there are people that are that movie's got no small amount of controversy. There are people think that they're whitewashed. They that the that, that they're going to be whitewashing that movie, and especially hmm. uh, Freddie Mercury's sexuality in particular. And so there are people that are skeptical about the new Queen movie.
2: Yeah, I feel like that's anything that comes out nowadays. Though you know, there's always got to be some sort of controversy. Controversy, especially you know something about someone's life.
1: Yeah. Now, is that based on anything? Like, do they know? Do they have behind the scenes like information, or are they just guessing that this is what the movie left because it's not out yet? Well, no, I, sorry, go ahead, Brennan.
2: I was just gonna say I think it's it's based on some stories, you know, loosely here and there, from what I've heard. But uh, you know, I don't know for sure though.
0: Didn't didn't Sasha Baron Cohen refuse the opportunity because of that reason? He was the he was the person they originally picked. And they ultimately and he ultimately declined because he thought they were whitewashing the story.
1: Ah, well that's news then. Yeah. And that's that, that that's my be...
0: that's the impression I'm under. Uh,
2: anyway, I'm sure. <laughs> not
0: really here nor there. Uh you called the talk video games. Yes. Yeah. What's on your mind?
2: Um, well a couple. Uh first one I just picked up a little recently that I thought was a lot of fun for anyone who may have played the previous versions, but WarioWare Gold.
1: Mm, um, yeah.
2: that that came out recently and in my opinion it is basically everything. I loved about, you know, the different past, you know, or game, uh, Warrior Warp games in the past. I mean, it's the quirky little mini games that are, you know, using a stylus, using, you know, motion, all that fun stuff. And uh, it's just, I, I, I don't have too much to say about it, but, you know, the artwork is really cool. And um you know anyone who may have doubted you know thought about getting it uh, definitely should get it you know if you're interested in it at all
0: yeah it came out on switch nope, 3DS. or 3ds yeah that's, that's the, the one that's, that's the catch right yep. it's on 3ds yeah, I, yeah 3DS. I, I, I remember playing it a bunch on uh on the original Wii I think there were at least two versions of it on the original Wii and it was tons of fun with all the little the mini games that were literally like seven seconds 12 seconds oh, yeah. 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 yeah,
2: and it's kind of like it, they throw it at you. Basically, you don't know what's coming next, and it's like, "All right, now unroll this toilet or roll the toilet paper." <laughs> <Or you laughs> right? Have to snot off this person. Knows, yes. Know? Yeah. It's crazy. You don't know what's going to come next.
0: Yeah, that was um, fun.
2: Yeah, um, and then uh, second game, uh, you know, one that most people probably haven't heard on heard of. It's it's just on PC. Totally fun, especially if you're a fan of any of the NHL games. You know, from like. the the 90s, you know, on Sega, or, uh, well, mainly Sega Genesis from my experience, but uh, there's a game called Super Blood Hockey.
1: Super uh, Blood Hockey. I would say that goes back to the 80s and ice hockey on the NES, with the different character sizes.
2: It looks like the NHL's from the 90s, but like, you know, the the, the art style, you know, the game style, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like this, uh, you know... The top down, kind of. I, I can't remember if they have other kind of views for it, but uh, it, it's it's kind of just like you know those NHL. It's got like the you know the the bit tunes, you know, like they kind of sit to it, you know, the music and um, ton of fun. You know, you're just skating around and mashing a couple buttons here. You know, you got to check someone or shooting it. You know, the aiming is uh, similar, and it's just it's a, it's it's so simple yet yeah, so smooth and um, fun to play. And you know, it's it's it's. Uh, it lives up to its reputation of the blood, because it's got, like, blood splatter. It's, it's just a ton of fun, you know? I like, yeah. feel like those old Genesis NHLs, and you want something that's a little fresh, you know? There's no you know actual players, but it's a ton of fun.
0: Well, we, Brennan, we get this all the time. People who yeah. who grew up and loved the NHL games from, like, NHL, uh, nine, this is, you gotta go back. This was, like, 90, what are we
1: talking, Reiner? 93? Yeah. 94? Yeah. The one thing I have to ask, like the only one I've seen of this super blood hockey game is left to right. The NHL games were top, top to bottom.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a little different.
1: Yeah, it no, it looks I mean
0: it looks just like and it's four player support, I believe. And by the way, coming for Switch. I don't know if you even know that.
2: I don't. I don't own a switch yet. I uh it's the only console I probably don't well, let
0: well let's let's get on that. You need.
2: to I, yeah. I gotta make a got to make some money here to get that. I got, you know, I I export all the other habits too.
0: I understand. Uh, super blood hockey. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at it. To me, it looks like a ton of fun. It's mm-hmm. it's highly violent yep. uh, hockey with what looks like the same kind of passing shooting that we remember from the old um, from the from the old uh, NHL games and. Yep. And maybe Ryan right. I think it is. it looks hockey. like it's halfway yeah. between the Nintendo 8-bit hockey and... No, 100% ice hockey. I'm just going to say that. okay Look All right, okay. Ice hockey.
1: All right. And you will see it is straight up, straight up ice hockey. Yeah, okay. it is the spiritual success. Now, when blood. the
0: Zamboni comes out and mows people down <laughs> and there's their blood is spattered all over the ice, then it's nothing like ice hockey. Uh, but super blood hockey. I appreciate the recommendation, Brennan. That's an awesome call. Thank you for uh, for chiming in tonight. I appreciate it. Let's uh, let's take another call. Hi Al.
3: Hey,
4: how's it going? Good, thanks. Hey, yeah, you know, um, I was just calling. I heard you were going to talk about Battlefield Five, and I know you yes. just kind of released a little battle royale uh, trailer, like a five second clip. I don't know if you guys seen that or not.
1: Uh, Reiner's shaking oh, yeah. his head yes. Yep. yes. Yeah, uh with the, the fire yeah. closing in.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like a little fire circle. It's not it's really nothing, but I'm just curious, like, you know, I know Call of Duty's coming out with the Battle Royale and I heard Red Dead Redemption two might even have one. I don't know. That was that. a rumor
1: that was debunked. So we'll have to wait and see what oh, okay. ends up happening with that game, but that early rumor was not true.
4: Okay, well, anyways, you know, I'm kind, I've am i always kind of played, you know, Call of Duty and Battlefield, kind of bounced around to whatever one, you know, I thought was kind of better at that year. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, it's kind of like all I hear is about this Battle Royale, and I love playing them, I really do. And uh, I just was wondering if you guys would think it's going to turn into one of those things where it's just going to get old and boring because there's so many of them coming out.
1: Uh, during our break, I was just talking to Charge about this. Uh, what we've seen from PUBG, that was an indie developer that... Hit it big with an idea that wasn't fully fleshed out. You know they've since passed, patched it and tweaked it and yep. you know many many it, times. Yeah, uh, since launch in the yeah. years since it's been up. Mm-hmm. Fortnite was a co-op mm-hmm. game that was kind of failing. In two months, they built a successful battle royale uh, mode on top of that. It's fun, but it's light. Yeah. There's not a lot to it. Now what you're going to see yeah. this holiday is you're going to see two of the biggest AAA multiplayer developers yep. ever that throw. Millions upon millions of dollars and hundreds of people, maybe even a thousand plus people on their development teams at the battle Royale genre. I think we're going to see this thing get turned on its head this holiday. We haven't seen anything from either of them outside of a few seconds each, but both are promising big things with full vehicles. Yeah. uh, And just their pedigree as being great multiplayer developers and, you know, having some of the best shooter mechanics in the industry that in those spaces could change things significantly. So I think it's going to be one of the most interesting things to watch this year is what happens to the battle Royale genre.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I would absolutely agree because, you know, um, I think battlefield has a really good chance to do it. Well, just simply because they have like the, the support mechanic and then they have the ammo guy. I just think it could play really well into battlefield. I just hope it's good.
1: Just imagine if, you have two people left, and they're both in, like, helicopters or tanks or, you know, something like that. like well, yeah. A helicopter and a tank. Yeah, that, <laughs> then what?
0: Just
1: that right there is a game changer, in my opinion. Like, yeah. that's going to be so exciting and great for, you know, people that stream games. Look, obviously Battle is really fun. We are at version 1.0 of right. Battle Royale. Exactly. And
0: this thing's going to be iterated upon many, many times because people love it, and now there's great developers and great minds working on new all kinds of new gameplay ideas. And I think you're right that it's easy to sneer at, oh, here comes more Battle Royale. But really, there's only two companies that have a major Battle Royale game anyway. And if you can move the needle, and there's a lot of ability to move the needle right now, it could be great. Uh, yep. That's,
4: thank, that's thank what you. I wanted to know. Thank so you, Al. Well,
0: I appreciate the call tonight. Um, while we're talking Battlefield 5, Uh-oh. industry is- industry analysts, market analysts are saying that Battlefield 5's pre-order numbers are a staggering 85% lower than Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Now, by comparison, a couple years ago when Battlefield 1 came out, it had more and a lot more than Call of Duty. And now look, why the change, Reiner? Why do you think Battlefield 5 is being met with marketplace... And by the way, a fair answer is I think they're wrong, and I think it's you know you could just say I think the industry industry analysts are wrong, and that'd be fine. Why do you think Battlefield Five hasn't captured people's interest like Battlefield One did a couple of years ago?
1: I think there's numerous reasons, and one of the big ones is the sins of the the sin the son pays for the sins of the father, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. I think the father in this case is Star Wars Battlefront, yeah, where people feel like they got burned from both ea and developer dice who made battlefront and is also making battlefield yes in that they you know the microtransactions ruined that experience and there was a lot of player trust lost there Mm -hmm. they felt like they were you know ea was just trying to steal money from them yeah and so i think a lot of people just jump ship and and rightfully so right like i you know i reviewed that game and i felt like this is awful like this feels terrible as a player uh but they've come out they from the moment they announced Battlefield five, they said no microtransactions. Yeah, right. But at that point it's like, sorry for shooting you in the leg. Hey, do you do you want to go for a run with us? You know, yeah, like right. come on. Like so that's one reason. The other one too, I think is to the benefit of, of Call of Duty as a series and how popular Black Ops has been. And I think people, after having that happen to them with, with Battlefront, are just like, you know what? I love I love Black Ops. I'm going to go back and play that game instead. Yeah. And they like what they've been saying, too, about, you know, they don't like single player being gone. You know, I've, nobody like that. But what they've been saying about their blackout mode, the uh, the Battle Royale, sounds very promising. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think, I believe, that the there was some bad time for
0: Battlefield Five as a World War II game because Call of Duty just went back to World War II right. and it was already a pretty tired genre. And it's hard to get enthusiastic for about World War II, even if they are going to give us some new locations like Rotterdam. And I don't ever remember being in Rotterdam before. Even if you're going to do new locations and things, it's still at its core a World War II battle game.
1: Yeah, there might be some fatigue there in terms of the genre, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I don't know why people were jumping for joy when it was battle or World War One because it was different. But I mean, it's still it's like they're old wars, right? Like. We've been annual this these series have been annualized for so long that Mm -hmm. there's nothing left. We've been to space. We've gone back in history. Yeah. It's like they need new ideas to shake things up. And I think that's where you maybe look at hey, Call of Duty, their idea for Battle Royale sounds interesting, right? I think a lot of people latched onto that and what they're doing with multiplayer sounds interesting with the classes now. Whereas Battlefield still kind of sounds like the same thing. Uh, with the big, huge, lengthy campaign. You know, the that's part of That interests me. It is, but a it's multi, like you're in it for a multi a multi
0: day long <laughs> campaign is pretty interesting to me. What if your
1: team just stinks though on day one?
0: Yeah, well then what? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. I mean obviously they've got ways, they've figured out some way to handle that. Um, we'll find out if this is, um, if this is just the marketplace, how about this as well for battlefield five? And this is the, this is going to be what really kills it. One more thing. Yes. real Quick,
1: by the way, I wonder how many people have EA access and are just waiting for it to go into the vault there.
0: No, maybe you you'll get it a week early or something on EA access, or but you that's just wait
1: until it's added. Oh yeah. Well, that's well. Oh yeah. For, right, right, right. Sorry. Yes.
0: Yes. For EA access thing. Right. You can just wait later. There. Yeah. Um, what about this? EA, the same company that launched Titanfall right at like same day as Call of Duty and something else. Here's what they're launching Battlefield 5 between. Week before, Call of Duty. Week after, Red Dead 2. <laughs> what could go wrong? And they're going to put Battlefield 5 <laughs> right in the middle of that. How <laughs> dumb are they?
1: Uh man what are you thinking yeah ea just can't get save itself like it's no every year it's like how do they keep making these mistakes same mistake that they made with titanfall like yeah. exactly
0: and they're doing it again so foolish i i'm amazed that they're uh i'm amazed that they're doing that again
1: it it's like at e3 they're like no microtransactions no microtransactions and then they get their command and conquer team up on stage and they're like we have a free-to-play mobile game and you're like that's all microtransactions. That's right. We know what that means. <laughs> what Free-to-play mobile doing? has only got one one answer to it, and it's that. You can't save yourselves. Like It's like everybody sees what you're doing.
0: Um, when we come back, Johnny and Gabe, stay on hold. We'll uh, take your calls. We still haven't gotten to our Melee review. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about Shenmue, which just came out. All these people who love Shenmue and remember fondly to the Dreamcast, we're going to wreck it all. All right. We, all right. Let's do When we do come it. back. This is Video Games Weekly on The Fan. Welcome back to the show. Paul Charchi and Reiner with you, Video Games Weekly on The Fan. Uh, we've, uh, we've already talked about a variety of things, Battlefield. We talked about uh, this upcoming uh, sort of, uh, not quite sequel, but planned uh, games coming after Until Dawn. Right, the dark pictures. Dark pictures, thank you. Uh, I want to talk Guacamelee in just a minute, and Shenmue as well, but I promise to take calls. We've had people on hold that have been very patient. Beginning with Johnny Max. Hi, Johnny Max.
3: Yeah, hey guys, Um, I was just calling cause, uh, notice we got the next DLC for Destiny 2 dropping in a couple weeks here. I, uh, I played it pretty avidly. I did the first DLC and then I kinda dropped out. I didn't bother with the, the second DLC and I just haven't really touched it since. Hmm. I'm just wondering if, uh, this is gonna be a good time to get back into it. I mean, uh, with Destiny 1 once, uh, Taken King, DLC drops, it really kind of rejuvenated and gave new life to that game. I'm just wondering what your guys' thoughts are on what's coming up.
1: Yeah, I haven't played it myself, but we've had uh, a number of people in Game Informer's office, we just did a cover story on it, uh, on what's coming next for Destiny 2, and they yeah. seem really, really high on the changes that are coming and think that it is going to get back on track, and they are offering enough new content to make it interesting for players. I know there was a mass exodus uh, right after the game launched, like yeah. when people got to the end game, like everybody loved it for maybe forty hours, and mm-hmm. then when it got to that end game and grinding for for gear, that's when people really fell off. But it sounds like they're getting it back on track, and yeah, it should be uh, a great expansion coming at a time where there's so many good games. Though that's the problem. It seems yeah. like a Destiny expansion should maybe come out in summer, you know, and there's not much going on, but. There's so many shooters coming out, like we just talked about, that uh, the holiday season is just stacked. So we'll have to see how that performs uh, in that high competition.
3: Yeah, I don't have like a couple of weeks until most of them. Well, Spider Man's in September, but then most stuff's coming like in November, right?
1: October, November. There's some in September. Yeah, it's the holiday season, effectively, what we call it in video games starts in September. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Johnny i appreciate the call um you know my i've talked about it before
0: my problems with destiny were one a totally broken economy in which i never need to buy really anything you know there's no point buying they only let you ever buy a weapon that's effectively the equivalent or just a you know three percent better than the equipment you have now yeah and no purposeful uh crafting at all in the game they give you lots you know lots of things you can craft with things but you can't make anything you actually ever want that's Better than what you're finding in dropped loot. Right. And no story. I just, it's virtually an invisible, convoluted, what little of the story there is is convoluted. They expect people to know all of the mythology of the Destiny universe, which I don't know and don't care about. Just give me pieces of the story that I understand and care about in small chunks, and I'd be really happy. And they didn't do any
4: of that.
1: Yeah. I think, I think I'll be going back for the Forsaken uh, Mm -hmm. expansion, but probably not until. December when I'm done with these other games, right? Like I'll probably get my Overwatch clan to to, to check it out for you know a few weeks at least. <laughs> and then they'll go
0: back to Overwatch. Oh yeah.
1: All right. Two years we've played that game almost every night. How about that? Man. So we all they were all excited for No Man's Sky. Yeah. And I had it on PS4, but we play Overwatch on Xbox. And right. so they're all like, No, you gotta get it on Xbox. And I was like, I already have it on PS4. Right, right. I bought it again on Xbox. Oh, that man. night it came out. We were all excited. We we're adventuring together. We yeah. built spaceships. We rocketed off into the cosmos. The next day I asked him, I was like... What do you want to play? Were you going back into No Man's Sky? And they are like, nope, we're done with it. That's it. I bought that game twice. What? Jeez. They got you two they times. Did. Yeah, seriously. I should just bow out of that clan. Yeah, you,
0: might want, yeah, you might want to. Uh, Gabe, hello.
3: Hey. Hi. What's on your mind? Uh... Just one quick comment about Destiny 2, following up on the last caller. Sure. Um You were talking about how like the loot buying was terrible. I always thought they should have added a feature much like Borderlands where there was like, yes, there's slightly better items or maybe, you know, variants on the certain items you currently have, mm-hmm. but then there's always like a special item of the moment that may cost quite a bit of your in-game money. But, you know, if you're willing to save up for it or you happen to go to a vendor at the right time, like you can catch a really, really cool item. I always thought that was a really cool feature of the Borderlands series is that there's always, like, the vending machine that had yeah. a very special item for an hour or whatever.
1: Yeah, I yeah. love that clock system where you get in there and there's, like,
3: a minute left. And yeah, like, right. Oh,
1: do I have enough time? Right. Run! Sell some <laughs> stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: right. And yeah, it was you brilliant. Know, like, I remember the first one, you do the Zombie Island one, and there's a vending machine. You actually have to, like, do a quest to unlock. And if you went to it, you only had, like, five minutes to get on it. But if you didn't have, like, quite a bit of money saved up for your character, you couldn't buy any of it. But if you were smart enough to, like, save it up, there was some awesome gear that you couldn't have gotten any other time in the game. I Mm. thought that was a cool feature of that game. Yeah. I think the real question
1: here is, where is Borderlands 3?
3: Uh, What is going on with that?
0: That's a great point. Where is it?
3: Where, you know... what a great story what a great series of games yes great characters fell a little short even though it was fun to play some of the other characters like claptrap and jack and stuff like that but
1: that was a different developer by the way that that was like gearbox australia Hmm. so that was not their core team
3: my real reason for going was a game called rust which i don't know if you guys have ever really touched base on or talked about on the show here. I've boy you know i don't lot, i don't
0: but. think i don't think we have ever really talked about rust um at least not in not in any meaningful way and i know i don't know a ton about it reiner um what? this thing came out what about six months ago oh no, man. Rust? man
3: yeah rust is old in alpha probably five maybe six years No, nope. never
1: mind okay <laughs> i'm thinking <laughs> of something else yeah it's a survival game uh I think same I played- time
3: as like World Wars or uh, sorry, DayZ and then Seven Days to Die, like those uh, games kind of all premiered about the same time. But Rust was in alpha for probably like the first five years. I think it finally hit its true beta technically maybe a year and a half, two years ago.
0: Oh, so maybe it actually did really actually launch in Final Edition like six months ago. Is that maybe I'm not totally wrong?
3: I don't think it actually officially, I mean, they've kind of said it's not really in beta anymore. But okay. It's, it's still cheap. All right. Like, I think it's maybe 15 bucks on Steam. It's an awesome game, huge community of players. You have thousands and thousands of players. There's, I think, upwards of about 3,000 servers available Jeez. to play on. Okay. And all different variations on the same game. So, like, you have all these, you know, standard community based servers that are the actual rules of the game, and then people get to mod the game with Leveling up your character, or, you know, faster crafting, faster... Well, what's the... Uh, wait, wait, wait Gabe.
0: Gabe, what's the premise of Rust? It's a survival game. Well, what does that you mean? Is survival horror? Or su- no. So you
3: start as a naked person with a rock
0: well, this sounds torch. This sounds like every day for me. Yeah,
1: basically, you're banging that rock against trees to,
0: to trees get wood. And then
3: rocks. Or you can run around and gather as well. Like, there's certain items. You naked? Can I'm going to run around
1: naked and gather. At first. Okay. And then you'll run into other naked people have like a gathering. cloth. And, and you run into it like, them, it's like,
3: is he going to help me or not? Building. Um. They've gotten, they've gone, now there's actually cities you can go into where there are NPCs. The game originally had no NPCs. Okay. And er, the game went through a big rebuff about a year and a half to two years into the game. Okay. Where it. Completely wiped what it was doing. The original island was one island, and it was only about a maybe a fifth of it that you'd actually use. The rest of it was all just wastelands. No. and the idea was that they were going to expand it for a long time, and then yeah. they just wiped it because the coding was really, really tricky. Okay. So instead of basically, anytime they had to do a mod, they said they were rewriting like ten thousand lines of code, and they went to a different format that was like rewriting fifty lines of code instead. Hmm. Um, but.
0: Now, what I'm not, I'm looking, I'm lo- i am watching just a video of, of Rust right now. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm looking at a guy who's armed with a bazooka, which does not seem very much at all like rock, <laughs> and you know banging a rock against another rock. Point. You get to that you point, point. And, and he's, he's aiming it at some naked person on a beach.
3: <laughs> and he's shooting
0: naked person on the beach, and who's just got blown to bits.
3: But, I mean, one of the great things about the game is, I could have been playing on a server for, you know... Now, three weeks and have a giant base built up, and have it locked tons of stuff like a bazooka or a flamethrower. Okay. But then I can go back and run around with a, a spear naked and make you think that I'm a brand new player on the server, and I can scout you out. Mm. I can get you to try and help me and give me stuff. I can mm-hmm. gain your trust. Yeah. And I can either become a teammate with you or I can totally backstab you. Like it's completely independent. Um, it's, It's an absolutely fabulous game if you're into crafting and into the idea of, like, survival and first-person shooter at the same time. Like, you have these servers where you go on and you'll start with, you know, armor and a gun, and you can just go at each other battle royale style. Mm -hmm. Or you can start on a server where, yeah, you start with a rock and you slowly have to whack at trees until you can build a hatchet, and then you can start getting more wood, you know, and then you start building your base you have to do smelt it i mean it's like if it's this minecraft met PUBG in met some way. something fun okay and awesome the, i mean the, i put like 700 hours into the game and it's a geez
0: all
1: right yeah the one thing
0: i'd and say I is it
3: for 10 bucks back in the
0: day it was <laughs> <laughs> you've gotten your money's worth out of it you're at seven oh, cents yeah. an hour or something
1: with survival right. games like that your your mileage is going to vary depending on who you play and how it starts yeah like, your first round right. charge might be like you instantly get killed by a naked guy with a rock, right? And you're like, That's I mean. don't like this. Whereas someone else might find some success, build a crossbow, you know, actually establish a settlement on that first run. It, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a hard game to get into. It's it's not a forgiving game. Uh, in that, it's all random, right? Like there is no path through it. It's like Ark, where it's just like you're all in you're it right. together. You pick a server. Hopefully, that server is. Yep you know favorable to you and your style of play or you might after 100 hours be like i hate this place i'm going to bounce to a different server and sure. maybe have better luck
3: i mean and that's there's just regular the style, style of, of game wipes, which helps too so like teams can establish their big giant bases and stuff like that but usually once every some servers wipe every week some servers wipe you know every 2 or 3 months so but like you're always restarting at some point whether you're changing servers or just you know, you and your team start again, yeah. but there's, hey I mean, you can create mazes in your bases. Gabe,
0: you can... Gabe, Gabe, sorry to cut you off, but we are out of no. time. We've, act, you know, we've, 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 act, oh. yeah. So I need, I need to, I need to let you go, but thank you for the, the recommendation on Rust. I appreciate that very
1: much. The one thing I'll say is, if you like that style of game and maybe you want something that's a little more guided and familiar for you, mm-hmm. Fallout 76 is going to be that style of game to a degree. Okay. But with that standard Fallout framework, uh, which, next issue of Game Informer, we'll, we'll take a deep dive into what that exactly nice. means. Looking forward to that. Uh, but, yeah, there's, there's reason to be excited for that one. Guacamelee! 2,
0: another in a series now of great Metroidvania-type side-scrolling shooters. We had Hollow Knight, we had Dead Cells, now we have Guacamelee! 2. Your um, One of your guys, Kyle Hilliard, gave it an 8.75 out of 10. Can you tell us a little bit about Guacamelee! 2?
1: Yeah, so it's a challenging side scrolling platformer. Kind of has a colorful sixteen bit aesthetic to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks a little better than sixteen bit, but uh it's in that vein, you know, inspired by those those old games of like Metroids and stuff like that where mm-hmm. you're getting new powers, go back to old areas. Yep. open up. Now unpack, you can do new right? stuff, right. Uh but this one has uh better storytelling, mm-hmm. which I thought the last game was pretty funny. Uh to hear it has a better story is good. Uh improved challenges and uh platforming improvements to make it less frustrating so all told it sounds like a better guacamelee uh and maybe a little po- too similar to the first but a more polished version of that and four-player co-op exactly in yeah, this in guacamelee 2
0: and uh so that's awfully handy as well if you just want to play with your friends so we love that and beautiful game love the yeah. colors and the mexican theme and oh fantastic guacamelee 2 we recommend it uh, we'll hammer Shenmue next week. How's that sound? Yeah, it sounds Man, great. I ran out of time. Um, thank you for following uh, the show, and you can uh, you can track us on iTunes, KFAN Fan on Demand as well. If you want to hear podcasts of the show, also on the iHeart uh, Radio app as well, you can uh, you can check us out there. We'll uh, see you next week for more Video Games Weekly. Then, bye, everybody.
2: From the Holiday Station Stores
0: Traffic Center, here's a look at the roads. On northbound Cedar Avenue, we have a rollover crash on the exit ramp at Old Shakopee Road, blocking the median. Also on 94 westbound, traffic is still between Cedar Avenue and 35W. And on 35W southbound, we have a tight pocket between Portland Avenue and 94. Also on Broadway Street, that's closed with road work both ways between Stinson Boulevard and Industrial Boulevard. And on 36th Street, the on-ramp is closed at 35W. And that's traffic on the fan. The support is brought to you by Walmart.
4: A fresh new shopping
0: experience is coming your way. Walmart's investing in the Minneapolis area.
4: Select stores are getting a fresh new look and convenient new services. So get ready for what's coming your way.